Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. We are excited to have you with us. And if you're watching online, a special welcome to you. Uh, you know, I want to just say a special hello to people maybe you're watching who don't live in, in Quebec. You know, we have some partner churches that are different, uh, different parts of Canada. I, I spoke to someone uh, this week who's part of our church and now is living in Uruguay. And they're watching. What's up? Uh, they, uh, they said it's winter there, so I don't really care. But it's like 10 degrees winter. Uh, but they know who they are. And, and so we're excited to have technology that allows us to connect. But we're also even more excited to see many of you, especially if you're online, to start to make your way back and to uh, worship with us and to learn with us. Thanks, Debo. Uh, and, and this morning, especially as we think about, you know, the rhythms of our lives, you know, COVID's kind of made our lives kind of in a new rhythms is, you know, we're starting the series on prayer. And I just want to begin by saying, like, if you're watching online, if you're coming here, you want to really learn, I want to encourage you maybe just bring something to write on, or maybe you're, you know, you're writing on your phone. Sometimes writing on your phone, you're like, oh, I'm going to play that game while Dom's talking. So that's not always a good idea. But, uh, but I mean, just to, to learn together, because prayer is one of those things that's very, very simple and very, very complicated all at the same time. And when you learn about it in the Bible, maybe you've had questions about prayer. Maybe you're like, you know, I'm not really sure I know how to pray, or I get nervous when I think about prayer. I, I remember when I was really, really young, I used to get nervous that somebody might ask me to pray. And I'm like, oh, what if I don't say the right words? And I don't know right doctrines. And, you know, I'm not sure. So we're really shy. And so even to begin, the Bible's filled with different types of prayers. Okay, so a series, a few weeks on a series on prayer is not going to cover every question we have. Uh, but my, my hope is that we're going to learn to think about prayer in a deeper way and to be people who not only learn about prayer, but who long to pray more, who long to pray more regularly. And so just to begin, I want to ask you a simple question to think about this uh, whole topic of prayer. Would you consider that you're a person who's teachable? Are you a teachable person? Just think about that for a second. You know, are you a teachable person? Are you a person who welcomes being taught by others? I mean, it's kind of a tricky question. You know, you rarely have people say, no, I'm not teachable. I'm proud. You know, the right answer is yes, right? You're all, of course I'm teachable. Like, that's who I am, right? So maybe, maybe to help you to think about how teachable you are, just think about a time when the last time you asked someone to teach you something. When's the last time you asked someone to teach you something? And what was that? You don't have to say it out loud. Just what was that? Because the things we desire to learn about reveal what's at the, at the center of our hearts. The things you most desire to learn about reveal kind of the vision you have for your life and the kind of person you want to be. And also who we invite to teach us says a lot about who we are. You know, I grew up in a culture that younger people can never teach older people anything. I don't know if you're familiar with that kind of setup. You know, that's the, that's the biblical setup in the world as well, in the, in the Bible, if you're, which tells you how hard it would have been for Jesus as a young rabbi to teach anybody who was older. It would have been like so difficult for him to teach people. And the topic of prayer is one of those moments in the Bible when you read about it that Jesus is talking about prayer and his disciples will say to him, Jesus, would you kind of teach us about this? 
So are you a person who's teachable? Maybe as we begin this morning, each of us realize that one of the first prayers we have to pray is to ask God to make us teachable, to make us people who really want to learn. Because learning is really, really difficult. Learning means we have to change the things that we used to do and kind of be open to doing new things. And trust me, I, I'm not good at changing. Like, I don't like changing, and I don't like kind of being open to new things. And when we learn about this topic of prayer, and we, we go back to the Bible, and we think about what Jesus is doing, we can kind of forget how difficult it would have been to understand prayer in a deeper way. Now, we live in a world where many people are interested in prayer. I, I don't know if you, you know this, like the research that's being done on prayer, even in science and the scientific community, is huge. So many people are studying uh, people who pray before they're, they're going to get surgery, people who pray in different rooms, people who know they're being prayed for versus people who don't know they're being prayed for and how their body changes. I mean, all kinds of information on prayer. We have a lot of stuff that kind of about prayer that interests people. People are just interested in this topic. And actually, a few weeks ago, I read about how COVID has impacted people's view of prayer. And Google actually does a, a, a whole setup that you can see what people search. And you'll go to the screen, and it just talks about how people have been searching this idea about prayer. This is what it said. I mean, pandemic prompts surge in interest in prayer. You know, and the Google data shows that people are interested. This is what it says. Google searches for prayer provides a signal of people's interests in real time. Like when people are, like, nervous, they're going to search for prayers, Right? In times of crisis, humans have a tendency to turn to religion. The theory is called religious coping. I think this is really, really fascinating for us as we learn about prayer, that for many of us, this is kind of the introduction to prayer that we all get. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter what you think about, you know, your maturity in life, at some point, all of us kind of start to think about prayer in this way. Prayer is something we think about, we, where we explore when we feel we're in a crisis. I mean, in COVID, maybe has done that. But if, you're, if you want to remember this, this is really like level one of prayer. It's almost like kind of how to be a child when you think about prayer. There's an emergency. You're like, something's wrong. I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't even know if I'm doing this right. But I'm just going to start to pray. You know, that's kind of like the entry level. And what's really, really dangerous is if you stay at that level. Many people stay at that level. Like they only think about prayer in a crisis. They only think about prayer and it becomes this kind of coping mechanism that maybe makes us feel better, but we don't really grow and we don't want to become people who long to pray consistently to understand God's love in a deeper way. And my experience has been is that this is how you learn about prayer and this is where you stay in your life when it comes to prayer. Then what happens is your spiritual life is a roller coaster. You have a good week, then you have a bad week, you're super, super spiritual, then you're back to your normal life. And, and your whole understanding of God is like a roller coaster ride. Like you just, it's like emotionally draining. You're like, I can't keep up with this. Like, I'm doing great, I'm not doing great. I'm amazing, I'm not doing amazing. And that's what prayer is. And I think there's something so important about prayer that makes us people that don't live lives like that. Prayer invites us, Jesus invites us to think about prayer as something that actually helps us to understand his peace and his presence, so that we're not living lives based on whatever's happening out there affects us, although we're very, you know, connected to the world, we have emotions, and that's normal. But today I want to talk about how Jesus invites us to think about prayer, and I said it earlier, so let me just say it like this, okay? I think it's so important that we not only learn about prayer, but we become people who long to pray more, okay? I'm going to say that. And I'll tell you, this is like a confession moment for me. When I was uh, doing my master's degree, I studied like in university, I did a whole class on a Hebrew understanding of prayer, like how to understand prayer from a Hebrew perspective in the ancient, the Old Testament, all stuff. And I did this class, and, I, and you, you want to know, like I did really good in that class, just for the record. I did really, really good. But I realized something, that at the end of that class, it didn't make me want to pray more. I just could answer more questions about prayer. 
I was really good at answering. Oh, that's not the wrong Hebrew word for that meaning of prayer. But I didn't think like, I feel like I should pray more. One of the things that Jesus does is he reminds us that the way we really understand prayer better is by praying, by actually praying. You know, so the danger of a series like this is to be like, I understand prayer better, but you never move to a place where you're like, I need to create space to really pray more consistently. So that's where I'm hoping happens with us in this series. And I want to tell you that, you know, like I said earlier, the Bible's filled with all kinds of examples of different kinds of prayer. And we might talk about different types of prayer in the Bible. But I want to begin this morning, in week one, by kind of giving you an introduction of how to think about prayer. And I'm warning you, like as we go through this morning, there's going to be times where it's going to feel like just a little bit heavier. And, uh, you know, and so we want you to feel like you're learning. Maybe you're watching online. You can go back and maybe watch this again if it helps you. You know, and I want to tell you of a time where Jesus and his disciples are talking about prayer. And the disciples of Jesus, this happens in the book of Luke, in the gospel of Luke, they ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. And I'll read it for you and you'll see it on the screen. The name of the series comes from this section of Luke. It says this, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John, probably John the Baptist, right, taught his disciples now, I just want to leave this here. It's really, really important just to begin. Luke and Matthew are the two books that kind of, we have this moment where Jesus is going to teach his disciples how to pray. They ask him. And, and Luke is, is the one that mentions that his disciples know that John the Baptist teaches his disciples how to pray. Now, this might be weird, but in the Bible, a rabbi or a teacher's job was to teach their followers kind of to live in the ways of God according to how they were going to teach their followers. It's kind of like Jesus was an apprentice. He was teaching them how to, how to pray. And so they realized, well, John teaches his disciples, and so Jesus, we're following you now. Are you going to teach us how to pray? And so the first thing I want to say is they don't say teach me how to pray. They say teach us how to pray. Okay? This is really important. Because we think of prayer mostly in our lives as something we do by ourselves. And, and we should do it. Like, we should pray. But the Bible really reminds us that when they ask Jesus to teach them to pray, they're talking about this as disciples together. That means they're going to keep one another accountable for the life of prayer that they have. Like, it's like Jesus teaching us how to pray. And so if you're not doing it next week, I'm going to be like, hey, remember Jesus taught us this? We should practice this together. And so I want to just kind of begin to help us understand that we live in a, in a time where this is hard for us to kind of connect because the most basic way that people understand about prayer today is that prayer, how many of you have heard this, okay? Prayer is a conversation between you and God. How many of you have heard that, right? Okay, never, never think of it that way again, okay? Because nobody has to teach you how to have a conversation. You just have a conversation. Every time we think of prayer as something that you can do that nobody has to teach you, it's probably not what the Bible's teaching. Because you have to learn how to pray, Jesus says. There's a way of praying that Jesus is going to teach. And I remember growing up, I have small kids, nobody has to teach them how to talk. They, like, I have to teach them to stop talking. Right? Like one of our sons, love you, buddy. Okay, we, we, he has a word count. We tell him you have a word count today. You're getting close to the, enough words for today. If prayer is just a conversation that you have with God, you're never going to think you have to learn how to pray. You're just going to think, whenever I want to talk to God, I'm just going to start talking to God. So can we just begin with this very simple idea? Prayer does not begin with you talking with God. Prayer, in a Christian sense, be begins by us learning to listen because God is already speaking. Okay, when we learn about prayer in the Christian sense, we realize that we are coming to listen to a God who has been speaking, wants to speak, and the Bible tells us all of creation is singing and worshiping this God. So we enter a conversation that's already happening. Now, we might have some things to say, 
but prayer does not begin with us. And this is so hard because if prayer is just something you learn in a crisis, you begin to pray by talking. You begin to pray by asking for help. You begin to pray by saying, I need a sign. So maybe just to begin, can we remember that prayer needs to start as something that we listen? It's not just a conversation, although obviously it is a type of conversation, but it's a conversation where God speaks first. And one of the most beautiful things that I've learned and I pray that you experience in your life is realizing that you've come to God with these heavy questions, with these burdens, with these requests, and you stop to listen. And as you listen, as you wait, as you consider how God has been faithful, as you remember how God has provided, some of the questions you had kind of go away. They kind of almost don't even matter anymore. And, and new questions emerge, and new, a new sense that God is, is, is maybe prompting you. So prayer is that space not only of conversation, but a type of conversation where we learn to listen first. And so in Luke's gospel, we have the disciples connecting Jesus, teaching them to pray, with John the Baptist also teaching his disciples. So this is an important principle because in the Bible it was common. Now, I want to tell you something else before we move on from this, okay? Is that the disciples of Jesus know how to pray already. You know, when you think about teaching how to pray, I often think of teaching someone who's never prayed before how to pray. Have you ever tried to teach someone how to, like, pray? If you're a parent, maybe you've tried this, or a grandparent, you're like, I want to teach my kids, you know, how to, how to like, start to pray. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've encouraged families and people throughout the years is just have them repeat after you. That's an easy way to learn how to pray. So, you know, or sometimes one of the things that I've done that's helped me, and you're taking notes, you need some help, some real tangible help, you know, one of the things that I do is I have my kids pray sometimes, and I, when they were young, younger, I would repeat after them. So they would pray, Jesus, thank you for Xbox, and I would say, Jesus, thank you for Xbox, amen, Xbox, okay. Uh, uh, whatever, like, it's not just me, me re them repeating after me, because they still, like, always need me, it's then me repeating after them. As a reminder, God's listening to you now, and as they get older, they start to realize, hey, Xbox is great, but there, your prayer changes. You mature. You start to change how you think about prayer. So in a simple way, learning how to pray maybe begins that way, but it can't just stay there, okay? So the Bible gives us prayers of examples where maybe people are repeating. Then we have parts of the Bible that are prayers that are read. Now, reading prayers for some people makes them very, very nervous because for some people, reading a prayer feels like a ritual, like, are you just reading someone else's prayer? You should have your own prayer. And I, I get it. It's, it's true, okay? There's times where we have our spontaneous prayers, okay? But remember, the book of Psalms, all of the Psalms are prayers of the church. So sometimes that's important because we don't know how to pray. So if you're learning or you want to go back to the basics of prayer, you're like, you know what? I'm going to just start in the morning. I'm just going to start to learn to, like, read a psalm and to make the words of this psalm kind of the, the words that I used to pray, it keeps you from just like saying random things. Oh, I hope this is a good day and I hope I get better at this. It's just, it's just kind of a pattern. You could just try that, okay? So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to help you to think about prayer. We're going to learn about this together by looking at what's called the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that Jesus gives his disciples. He's going to give it to them as he teaches them how to pray. And I'm going to use the version that's in, in Matthew, and I'll read it for you in a second. Matthew's gospel is, is a section in Matthew's gospel where Jesus is going to preach, and he's going to stop, and he's going to teach about prayer. If you're at home or you're, you're sitting down, you have your Bible, you can go to Matthew chapter 6. You know, that's where we have the Lord's Prayer. It's also in Luke's gospel, but I'm going to spend time in Matthew's gospel. And so let me just encourage you to do one thing, okay? Some homework right at the beginning. Throughout this whole series... 
I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to read or recite the Lord's Prayer two times a day. In the morning when you get up and at night before you go to bed. That's it. Don't get nervous. Don't send me emails. This church is too much homework. I don't care. I'm going to delete everything you email me about this. Okay? Two times a day. Now, the Jewish people, most Jewish people pray three times a day. Okay? Specifically, they learn prayer and they prayed something called the Shema, which is an ancient prayer in the Hebrew Bible, right? So just to help you, you might say, I'm going to try this. Just read the Lord's Prayer in the morning once and at night. Just slowly, just read it. And just say, Lord, whatever needs to come to my attention from this prayer today, just help me to remember. And my, my hope for each of us is as we do that, it kind of becomes kind of a shape for us. The Lord's Prayer, if you want an image in your head, if you want to think about it, I, I was thinking about this this week. I was driving and I saw something. I was like, that's a great example of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is like, you know when you put up a fence at your house? If you ever have a fence, you need a fence, or somebody has a fence in their house, right? The Lord's Prayer is the posts of the fence. It's not the actual fence, but it's the posts. It's like everything that's connected to those posts eventually links the prayer together. And it's almost like every part of the Lord's Prayer is a post that goes down, right? And it's, you really don't move it. The posts stay there. You can try to move the posts, but it doesn't work, right? And, and our prayers become a, maybe like the fence structure that's connected to these posts. Okay, maybe if you need an image, when you're reading the Lord's Prayer, just to say, God, how is this, this kind of post, how is this holding me together in my heart? How is this kind of grounding me to the kind of person you're calling me to be? Just as we read through the Lord's Prayer. And as you read it, we're going to go through it together, okay? Now, the more challenging part, that before Jesus teaches this prayer, he gives warnings. You don't really expect it. You don't expect Jesus to say, I have some warnings for you before I teach you about prayer. You're just expecting him to say, hey, friends, it's going to be so much fun. God loves you. Kumbaya, let's, somebody get a guitar, friends. Like, I don't know what you think of. But instead, he's like, okay, before I teach you about prayer, let me tell you about how not to pray. And this is what he says in Matthew's gospel. I'm just going to read it for you. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness, your way of being religious or right in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, if you do, but when, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, this is kind of the beginning of Matthew chapter 6 before Jesus talks about prayer. I mean, it's not something you really expect right away. That Jesus says, I need to tell you something important. That prayer is one of those things that at times, maybe not so much today, but in the Bible times, had become something that people did that was part of their religious duty. Now, that's not a bad thing, by the way. It, 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 was, it was mandated to do that. They needed to do that. But after a while, this religious practice became more about what people thought than about what was happening to the person praying. And the people in the Bible who are famous for being people that Jesus is going to try to correct, these are people who are not teachable, okay, are called the Pharisees. Every time you and I become people who are not teachable, who are not humble enough to learn, we kind of develop a pattern in our hearts the way the Pharisees were. They were people like, they weren't going to listen to Jesus, they knew how to pray, they were going to do this, and Jesus tells his disciples, I want you to be careful that sometimes you might worry so much about what other people think, and in a sense, you care about more, more what people say or how it looks that you're spiritual, rather than God having your heart. We live in a world that fuels this temptation in us in ways that people in the Bible would have never understood. We live in an image idol-making machine. Like, think about how many apps are out there to make you look skinny, 
tanned, taller, stronger, like anything that would make the image of you look like appealing to people, more successful, all of that. You know how important it is that we are people who pray and say those temptations are not things we want to ever grip our hearts. We want to be people who give God all of our hearts and all of our minds and to be the kinds of people who are shaped from this place and to pay attention to the temptation to have other people acknowledge us, like us, all those things. Now, just none of those things are necessarily bad. Like, we want to be good people. We want to be good citizens. You know, some people are like, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. That's a bit foolish and extreme. Like, some things do matter. We want to be careful about how we live. We want to honor God with our lives. But when it comes to prayer, Jesus says, be careful. Because there's a kind of religious way that sometimes might emerge in you that misses the whole point of prayer. Misses it all together. And then Jesus gives them kind of something to think about. Okay? If you're taking notes, it's going to be really, really important. He tells them that when you pray, I want you to see it as something you do with the Father and is not so much shaped by what other, other people think. You know, this is a hard passage to understand because this would mean that I shouldn't pray from the stage. Right? If this is all you read, you're like, why does, anybody, why does everybody just not pray in the basement in a closet? That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying you're never going to pray in public. He's just saying that when you pray in public, it should be that you're praying from a place of having been formed in private. That before you pray among one another, you should know what it's like to pray alone. To have a time where you're focused on letting God shape who you are. Because the temptations that you face when you're in front of people change if your heart is not anchored to being the person that God's called you to be in private. So you see, Jesus is going to say, you're going to be a person who learns how to pray. And then there's going to be times where, you know, obviously they see Jesus pray. So if he's in public, they know how he's praying, right? But sometimes we can miss what Jesus is trying to say here. That he invites us to be people who are formed by a life of prayer so that when we do things in public, when we are with other people, that's something that they see because of the person that we are when no one is around. Prayer is that gift of helping us be people who have integrity who are the same people who are seeking God privately, who want to be the people who, who practice that publicly with others. And I love the, 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 just the wisdom that Jesus gives here, okay, before we go any further. He says, you know, maybe you need to find a place. He uses this language of, of you know, a closet in a room. You know, I think of some of the early Christians who would have heard this who don't own a house. They were going like, Jesus, like, I don't have a closet. What are you talking about? Where am I going to go? Like, it's not, it's not really about the building or, or a closet. It's a place that's a sacred place that you go to to be with God. Can I just maybe just help you to do this? And I've tried to do this consistently. Maybe during this series, you want to pick one place in your house, in your apartment, where you work, to be a place where you go to pray. Now, it's not a rule. It's not like, in the, it's not like it's not legalistic. It's just an encouragement that sometimes there are certain places that you go to to say, you know, this is a place where for the next few weeks, every time I sit on this chair, I'm never going to bring my phone with me. This is a place that every time I sit on this chair, I'm going to have my Bible here. This is a place that's going to represent a time where I've set time aside to be alone with God. It can be for one minute, it can be for 10 minutes, it can be whatever, whatever you need it to be, okay? It's just you thinking of a pattern. For some of you, maybe, okay, you know, when we had younger kids, and, and I would go into the house, and I'd be like, there is no place. 
in our house. Like, like it's just chaos. My kids find me, you're hiding, you know. If you're a mom, you know, sometimes the same as dads, right? The feeling of like, you're hiding in the bathroom, pretending to shower, just to eat. You're like, okay, okay I'm going to eat here, whatever. It's just chaos, right? And one of the things I used to do is I used to just, before I went in, in the house, if I came back from the office or it was a stressful day, I'd just sit in my car and just be like, okay, God, this is the space, this time now. I've been overwhelmed a lot of things. I need you to know that, that I, I want you to be at the center of everything that I do. You know, just do that. And, and it might be really hard at first. But if you do this, what'll start to happen in the next few weeks is that space that you use will become kind of a, a space that's just a place where you don't bring your phone, you don't bring a distraction, you don't bring thi- all the other things that, that come to you. It's a simple thing. I think it's the meaning of how Jesus says, just find a place that's alone with you and God. Okay, he uses this image that people would have understood, like maybe a quiet spot. Maybe you have a nice closet. It could be that, right? Whatever it is. And then this is what Jesus says next. It's pretty profound. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans. The, the, the word is better, but like those people who don't believe like us, okay? For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. This is, this is kind of a good reminder for us that people in the Bible were with other people who prayed. We're not the only ones who prayed. The Jews are not the only ones who prayed. Christians are not the only ones who prayed. Other people prayed. And they knew that, and Jesus knew that. And Jesus says, you know what, you've heard other people pray, but for you, I want you to understand prayer in a, in a much more, kind of, in a way that's more relational than you maybe have seen in the other religions of the world, in the other cultures. It was very, very common in the ancient world that if you heard someone pray, because they weren't sure who God was and because they saw all the gods, they sometimes prayed to all of the gods at the same time. They just would use every name of the God just to hope that they would be fine. I used to have a friend that used to do this when I, I went to music school and I studied music at Vanier. Uh, some of you know about the music program at Vanier. And, and I, I used to have a friend who, you know, was into spirituality. Whenever something bad would happen, they would kind of like be into all kinds of things. And one day they cut a piece of their hair and they said, I'm going to send this to a friend to pray over my hair so God, the gods protect me. And I was like, I always think about this passage when we're overwhelmed by the pressures of life. Like, we'll go to anything to help us feel like we're safe. Anything. We'll find anyone that might have a word or something we see online. And and so just think about living in the Bible times when people heard all kinds of people pray to all kinds of gods. For Jesus to say, I don't want you to pray that way. I'm going to give you a way of praying that's going to help you to sense that the God who loves you hears when you pray. You're not trying to get God's attention. You're not trying to, like, hope that he hears you. You're not trying to, like, convince him and twist his arm to do something you want. I'm going to teach you how to pray. And before I teach you how to pray, I want you to understand that there's some things you should not do. Because Jesus is going to teach us that who they're praying to is a God who loves them and listens to them. And this is where Jesus is going to start to explain some of the more difficult things about prayer. You know, all of us live in a time where because we're overwhelmed by all the things that happen around us, prayer gets lost in all that stuff. We're like, I don't know, like they prayed, they told me they went to some witch doctor and they prayed and they got better. You're like, okay, like I guess I'll try that. You know, I don't know. Like that's the world we live in. And when we stop to think about prayer and to figure out like what does it mean to pray the way Jesus taught his disciples? How do we do that in a world with all of these other people praying and going to give you solutions and options? Jesus says this. He says, I want you to understand something about your prayers that have to do with who God the Father is. This is what he says. For your Father knows what you need. You'll see it up there. When you pray, do not be like the pagans. You go to the next slide. He says, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before 
you ask him. Jesus is going to start to introduce this language of prayer connected to a loving Father who cares for us. Now, I, I want to just pause here, and I, I'm going to ask all of you, okay, to take a deep breath, masks on, deep breath, okay? And we're just going to go just, you know when you take a deep breath when you're about to go deeper in the water? You just take a deep breath because you're going to go further? We're just going to go just a little bit further. This is probably the most challenging verse about prayer that you'll have to think about in this series. And if you've never thought about this as a challenging verse, well, shame on you, okay? Because think about hearing this and thinking, if God already knows, why are we praying? Let's just go home right now. This is ridiculous. Almost everybody I meet at some point will have this question. Wait a second, Dom, wait a second. So you're saying God knows already what I need? Well, come on. So what are we doing here? He can just do it. And what develops in our minds is these two different competing ideas. Either I can pray and God is going to do certain things, or if God already knows, he's going to do it whether I pray or not. And we're left in this moment where we begin these discussions about philosophical ideas about prayer, and you know what? We never pray. We're just like, great. This doesn't make any sense. Let's have a debate. Somebody come up on stage with a chair. We'll talk about the philosophical meaning of what happens when you pray. And how much is God really going to change if he already has a plan for your life? And how much, you're like, oh my gosh. Is it? So can we just slow down, just understand? I'm going to give you a story to help you understand this, okay? I, 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 worked, I, I, may, I think it makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, well, too bad, okay? <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. Imagine that I decide as a father that I want to give my son a gift. And my son, the gift I want to give my son is my car. Okay? That they're getting at that age, and I'm thinking as they get older, I would love for them to not have to worry about getting to school and getting to work and that, right? I decide that I want to gift them my car. No matter how much I want to bless them with that gift, there's certain things my son has to do to participate in receiving that gift. One, he has to get old enough to go do their driver's test. Then they have to pass the test. Pray, pass the test, right? Then they have to decide that they're going to be responsible and they need a job to get what? Insurance money, because I'm, I'm not paying for that. You're listening? I'm not paying for that, okay? So, so you see, like, there's this gift, there's this moment where a gift is waiting for my son, but they only understand that that gift is available to them as they move along and do the right things in the process. That's one of the ways of understanding how prayer works. That in our praying, we hear God calling us and reminding us of the gifts he has for us, but then we ourselves have to still do what he's calling us to do to experience the fullness of that gift. And when we see it in that way, this kind of holds together that, yes, God already knows, and he's already ready to give us the gift, but we still have to learn to be those who come and pray. Those who come to him and listen and seek after him and do things that we would not want to have to do. To be like, well, I don't want to have to do that. And God's like, there's a gift that I have for you. I love you like a father. I love you and I'm already thinking of something you don't think you're going to need. You're going to need a car, right? Like my story of my son. You're going to need that. Trust me. I know you're not thinking about it. And that's waiting for you. But now, as you pray, let me make you the kind of person that's going to understand the full benefits of those gifts that are waiting for you. When we think of prayer that way, we're able to feel the beauty of God who, in a sense, loves us. And the biblical word for this is in a sovereign way. 
He has a beautiful plan that's unfolding, but yet we learn what that plan is and we follow in that plan as we pray, as we listen to his leading and as we walk our way. So many Christians confuse God being in control with God being controlling. If you remember that, you're like, it'll save you tons of headaches in your life. There's a big difference between God being in control and God being controlling. God being controlling is him making you do things. You better do that. You're going to punish you. This, this, that. But actually, God being in control is like, I've created parameters for you to do a lot of things, and I have gifts for you. Now, what are you going to do? If you want to learn more about this, we'll see you at the Jonah Bible study, okay? Like, there, there's all kinds of things that God has in store, and God's like, okay, this can feel easy, or this can feel painful. But I love you like a father, and I have gifts waiting for you. Do so you understand how these, these introductions are Jesus preparing his disciples to hear this prayer that he's going to teach them, okay? I'm just going to wrap up just with the beginning of the line of the prayer, and then we're going to go, we're going to continue next week. Here's what it says. Our Father, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is how it begins. When you read the prayer this week, you're going to see this consistently. Okay, if, if the word hallowed is confusing or weird, you might read it in a different translation. It's, it's just basically thinking, Father, you are beyond this earth. You, you are part of a different part of this planet. You're not part of this planet like I am. Meaning, for Christians, that God, you are not contained by the time and the pressures of time that I feel. Okay? And the word hallowed is that, may I never forget that you are holy. Okay? Our Father in heaven, you are beyond the constraints of this world and the pressures I feel in time, and may I never forget that you are the Holy One. This is really important for the Jewish people because in the Jewish culture, God was so holy that the Jewish people didn't even say the name of God. When they prayed, they wouldn't even actually say the name of God just to remember how holy God was. So Jesus is going to use that same idea for those who learned how to pray as Jewish boys, his disciples, and he's going to say, let me just reframe that holiness in a newer way. That God's holiness is so beautiful, but remember his holiness through this lens of a father who wants to give you good gifts. And that his holiness makes it always a mystery when you pray. Prayer is not something we're fully going to understand and always have all of our answers. It's a mystery that we slow down to say, God, before I have anything to say, I want to remember that you are beyond anything I can ever imagine and that you love me. They're not ideas that go together. That someone beyond everything loves us, and prayer changes everything when we think of prayer that way. Maybe this week you're just going to read that and say, God, I have nothing to ask for. I just need you to teach me what it means that you're a holy God. It took me a long time to understand holiness, because I hear holiness and I hear God's angry. Holiness is like God's like, you did something bad, I don't like bad things, why are you here to pray? Like, I'm like, oh, that's true, like, I'm just not going to pray, that's too dangerous to pray. Try to think of holiness of God saying, I'm not only beyond what you can understand, but I'm a father that loves you as well. And in his holiness, he loves us. That's why John will say that God is love. God's a loving God who's he's set apart from anything we can even imagine. Even when we say the word father, it's like just our best word to explain something beyond father. Okay, that's how this prayer begins. That each of us are invited to learn how to pray. The hardest thing you'll do because it can feel like I'm just going to pray however I want to pray. It's a private conversation between me and God. And it's not just that. 
It's learning to listen to who God is as He makes us people who pray the way Jesus taught us to pray. One of the most important things you'll learn if you go through the series with us, and if you take this seriously, is that prayer is that space and that time where Jesus changes the things that we desire. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is that space and that time with God where the Spirit of God teaches us to want the right kinds of things. Because when we come to God, we often come to Him with requests of things we want, and God's like, if I gave you that, it wouldn't be good for you. If you think that's a good idea, that's not what you need right now. And in those moments, God kind of teaches us to want the things that are going to help us to be people shaped by this peace, shaped by His presence in a new way. All along, living in a world like everybody in the Bible, where there's other options, other things to do, other people who are praying, other religious spiritualities, other books, all of them try offering some solutions. You have a problem, you have a problem, we know how to fix this. You, you should buy this, this will help you. If you get this, and Jesus is like, shh, shh. find a time consistently to be formed by this prayer, which are the posts of offense. They're going to hold, all of our prayers will fit into this prayer. After we're done this series, and you're going to understand that. This week, I, was, I just realized how, how hard this might be for us as we think about the challenges of the world we live in. You know, this week, I got an email from someone pretending to be Janina. It was true. It's crazy. So I got an email, and, it, you know, I read it quickly. Janina, you know, for those of you who know, Janina's on our team. She's uh, on staff. And it said, please call me. Urgent. Need your help. You know, like, send a note here. And I'm thinking... Oh my goodness, this is so weird. What's going on? So I just call her. Like, hey, Janine, are you okay? Like, I just got this email. She's like, what email? I was like, what? I got this email. So I went back and I checked the email and it was something, Janina slash 4712, whatever. It's something creepy, right? So <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, I just got tricked. That's not you, right? So we had a chat and I realized our whole world is rigged on pretending, on people pretending to be someone else. And the whole thing was for me to send my credit card, obviously. <laughs> Number some type of scam to go on. And I thought, how important that we are people shaped by this prayer that Jesus gives us. That we live in the world where those around us who do not believe, those around us who are not sure why we would pray. Why would we pray? God knows everything. It doesn't even matter. Well, we would be those who are so shaped by prayer that we would be seen as those who have integrity. We're the same in private like we are in public that we're people who are authentic and are honest about our need to have God help us be the right kinds of people. We're those who are humble enough to say, there's some things I don't know, that I have to learn how to pray. I have to grow in my understanding of prayer and begin to pray more in a world of so many options of fake pretending. The beginning of this series, maybe we remember the warnings that Jesus offers us before he teaches us how to pray, is that there's a lot of other options and there's a lot of things you've seen but I'm going to teach you now how to pray, and I'm going to help you understand that as you pray, there's a God who loves you in a way you can never understand. Not fully, at least. And he loves you in such a way that if you learn to have all of your prayers shaped by this prayer, you will experience his peace and his presence in a way you never have before. Let's just stand as we pray. Just close your eyes and take a minute. And think about Jesus saying to you, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Jesus saying to us, hey, I'm going to teach you all how to pray. 
I'm going to teach you how to pray in a way you never thought before. I'm going to teach you how to pray in a way that all of the prophets of Israel who came before me did not show you. I'm going to teach you how to pray in a way that you're going to understand the love of your Father and His provision and His blessing for you in a way you've never understood before. Jesus is saying that to us today. Each of us. Father, we thank you for the ways that you're going to stretch us in this series. We pray that the scriptures, this prayer left to us by those earliest followers who remember learning from Jesus our Lord, that it would come alive for us, that it would help us to rethink and to correct or maybe to grow in our understanding of prayer beyond maybe some simplistic ways that we've learned or ways that feel like a shortcut to get something that we want. Help us to set this time aside as sacred, but also help us today to think of a space in our home, in our work environment, in just some space that we could set aside as a time where we would go to be formed and to learn to listen to you as we go through this series on prayer. Teach us to do this in such a way that others would see that we are those who love you and who are careful about how easy it is to pretend to be spiritual, to pretend to be holy, to pretend to care about your things. Would you reveal that to us? That's something we struggle with. Do something new in us in this series. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, remember, some homework. Morning and night. Just the Lord's Prayer. If you can find a spot, bonus. If you can't, no worries. Not legalism. Hey, we look forward to seeing you all next week. For those of you watching online or listening on a podcast, hey, we can't wait to open up and have more spots for you. Uh, for our little munchkins who are going to start coming back first, wow we get a chance to just remind them again how much we love them and how much God loves them. Really, really grateful. Hey, today's a really, really beautiful day. Remind you how hard it would have been to listen to Jesus teach. Plus 40 degrees. How many of you have been complaining? In the Bible times, we have no water. Jesus preaches too long. I wasn't that long. We love you all. Don't have to rush off, but hang out outside and, uh, and look forward to seeing you next week. God bless everyone.